Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Dan Dimite, and I'm here with my co-host and brother in Christ, Aaron Richards. Hey, How are everybody. You doing, Aaron? I'm doing so well. I am excited for today's show. We're going to be talking about creative modes of evangelization and reaching the lost no matter yes. what it takes. And we are hungry in this season to allow the Lord to just uh, call us deeper into this missionary lifestyle where when we encounter Jesus Christ, we, we are led to mission. Just like St. Paul, who on the road to Damascus, he encountered the power of God through the light and he heard the voice of Jesus and then he was propelled to be filled with the Holy Spirit yep. and live a life on mission. And this show is all about helping you know that when you encounter the living God, it doesn't stop there. It's not just about you and Jesus, but it's about you and Jesus on mission together to Amen. bring as many souls as possible back to God the Father uh, in, in the eternal life. Amen, Amen to that. So, Aaron, can you just open our show today with some prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus, we love you. And we love to talk about you. We love to share your name. Mm-hmm. God, we love to make you famous. Yes. God, you have been the most, uh, you have been the change in our life. You've been the reason for change. You're the, mm-hmm. you're, the, you're the hope of our salvation. You're the hope of glory. And Jesus, we pray that today we will be equipped for mission so that we can impact others' lives through the power of your name. Mm. Thank you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would set a light in our hearts so mm-hmm. that our hearts burn for you. I pray you would set our, a light on our tongues so that we couldn't help but proclaim your name. And I pray that you would set a light on our feet so our feet would be on fire and we would run uh, into the mission field for you, Lord. Amen. That There would be nothing that stops us, nothing that holds us back. Lord, save the church uh, and guard the church from being couch potatoes. Make us missionaries serving in your vineyard. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Doing good today, Aaron? So good. Dude, it is a great day. And it's a beautiful to share it's, the word of God. It's actually a miserable day outside. It's, it's, it's super rainy. It's a rain. <laughs> We're in Columbus, Ohio, so this is like almost every day. Uh, no, it's great. That's a lie. Yeah, it is. Okay. Um so uh, Dan, as you were opening the show, I just I want I want to share that um you and I, we work in the apostolate of evangelization. We work for a place called Damascus. And here Every day from sunup till sundown, we are working in the trenches uh, of evangelization and youth ministry primarily. So um, I, I think uh, for a lot of our listeners, maybe hearing encouragement in evangelization from someone the likes of you and I, I don't know, might sometimes fall on deaf ears when we're supposed to be the professionals, right? Or like, it's like, oh, well, you're full-time ministry, and so this is what you do every day, but I don't have time to do that. The reality is every single one of us is called to full-time ministry in our particular sphere of influence. Uh Uh-oh, can you say that again? That was a good one. Oh, yeah. Every single one of us, friends, is called to full-time ministry in our particular sphere of influence. Thank you, Jesus. And that might be your marriage, that might be your workplace, um, that might be your family at home, that might be your... Uh, you know, for those of us who are actually employed by the church, that may be your parish. Um, for priests, that may be your church. For for a teacher, that may be your classroom. You know the deal, all right? Each one of us is called to share the gospel in the particular way that God has gifted us and given us opportunity. And yeah. I think sometimes, you, I, don't, I don't know, we, we, can, we can fall into the trap of looking at someone 
who is up on the grand stage or looking at our parish priest or looking at our youth minister and believing that all the responsibility for the evangelization of my children or the evangelization of my family or the evangelization of my neighbors falls on them. And the reality is that's not the case, right? Each of us, uh, each of us has a, a, a unique and a special opportunity to be able to live that call, but um, each of us is called uh, each of us is called generally, like we are called as a church to actually carry the name of Jesus. Remember the Great Commission, right? Yeah. Well, and I think you know, even like Saint Paul says, "Woe to me if I don't preach the good yeah. news," right? Like where it's like uh, there's this burden laid upon me, and woe to me. Or even the the church and some of the documents, like um, Evangelization in the Modern World, that says that the the confirmed Catholic is more strictly obliged to share the Word of God. And it's like, well, it, it you know, just like Sunday Mass is a, a Sunday obligation, it's also a Sunday opportunity, right? <laughs> and so, like, there's an obligation on you uh, to go to Mass. But it's because it's the greatest opportunity for you ever to receive Jesus in the Holy Sacrament. And so there's an obligation on us to evangelize, and we should feel the burden of that obligation because souls are literally at stake for eternal damnation or eternal salvation, right? That Jesus is the only way to heaven. Um, But at the same time, it's this incredible gift and opportunity, like God has chosen me. Like what, what qualifies me to be an evangelist? Well, God has chosen me, right? I was baptized, and he filled me with the same anointing that Jesus had, Jesus placed on me in my baptism, that yeah. I'm, I, I'm not just uh, some random guy trying to do God's work. I'm actually the anointed ones, right? The Christians are the anointed ones, the fallen the, under the anointing of Jesus. So <laughs> shoot, if you're not excited about your obligation to evangelize, just start there and be like, God, fill me with fire that I would be excited that this opportunity has been given to me. Amen. Yeah. And uh uh, even you know, uh, it can it can become routine. But even uh, I would just give testimony here at Damascus. It's it's awesome to be able to be challenged to do new things, to live out new opportunities of evangelization, and to stretch ourselves out of our comfort zone. Even if you know my comfort zone might be different than yours, and your comfort zone might be different than mine. Each of us is called to grow in our response to simply asking God every day, uh, Lord, what work do you have prepared for me now? And I think what we're going to see on the show, Aaron, is that it's not uh, a carbon copy. So your evangelization looks different than my evangelization, right? That my call is different than your call. And so don't you don't look to the person um, in your parish that's doing something and say, well, shoot, I have to do what they're doing, right? Yeah. Look instead to the Lord and say, mm-hmm. uh, Father, what do you want me to do? Amen. What does this look like for me in, in my sphere of influence? So who's our best example, friends? Our best example, of course, is Jesus. Wow. Shocker. <laughs> and uh, I want to share, I, I want to open our show in, in sharing um, from Luke's gospel, chapter four. I was praying about this this morning. And this is just, this is one of the, uh, well, two of the most, I don't know, two two really meaningful um, stories that happen right back to back. They probably happened in the same day. They probably happened within an hour of each other. And it's just so funny to see how they are juxtaposed, whereas often we hear them in exclusion of one another. Okay, Um, Luke chapter 4, verse 16, we hear, Jesus went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went to the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me 
because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he dropped the mic and left the stage, right? Oh, wow, the first mic drop <laughs> ever. <laughs> uh, now, this is sweet. So th- these, these, uh, these words from Isaiah's, um, from Isaiah's prophetic uh, teaching in the Old Testament, these are presented as Jesus, as, as essentially Jesus' mission statement, right? This is the mission statement of Jesus. This is the mission statement of the Christian that— because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Because the Spirit of the Lord is on me, he sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners. Because the Spirit of the Lord is on me, he sent me to proclaim recovery of sight to the blind. Because the Spirit of the Lord is on me, he set the oppressed free. He's proclaimed the year of the Lord's favor. Why are we called to evangelization? Because the Spirit of the Lord is on us. Thank you, Jesus, Amen. for your Spirit. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, we don't just make this stuff up. We don't just evangelize to the point where we're comfortable, but we evangelize precisely in response to the fact that that's what Christians do, right? And when, we don't evangelize out of poverty. It's not like I've got nothing to give. I, I'm evangelizing <laughs> out of abundance. Uh, it's, Amen. I'm able to do this stuff because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And like, I don't know, that's just like the same Spirit that rested on Jesus rests on me. And yeah. so what Jesus does, I can do. And that's why he says, not only will you do the works that I do, but greater works than these. It's not because he thinks we're so stinking amazing naturally. It's because he's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to give you my Spirit. Amen. So good. So good. So how does Jesus uh, conclude? He rolls up the scroll, he gives it back to the attendant, and he sits down. That's, that's, your, that's your first century mic drop, right? Yeah. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began by saying to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Okay? This is the important verse. Um, All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? They asked. That's that's pretty sweet. You know, I I'm I'm thinking about like my family Christmas party, um, my family Thanksgiving, and I have a I have a pretty awesome and diverse family, and uh, sadly, not all of them are evangelists like I am professionally with my life. So when we go to family dinners together, uh, oftentimes, you know, I wish. That and Lord make it so, right? I wish that I would stand up and proclaim the word of the Lord from my family's Thanksgiving table and have. <laughs> can we? Can you try that next year? All of the eyes around the Thanksgiving table were fastened on him. <laughs> <laughs> they speak gracious words. They were as amazed they eat their at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Ray and Anne's son? They asked. Right. This is this is kind of our our hope that our that our words would be received, and this is this is the. Uh, this is the joy that Jesus experiences in this moment. But that's not the end of the story, friends. Here we go. One verse later. Okay. Um, surely Jesus, well, Jesus said to them, surely you will quote this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. And you'll tell me, do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. And then they start thinking to themselves. Okay. Jesus responds. He says, truly, I tell you, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. He goes on, I assure, I, I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time, 
and when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine, we've always, we've, we've, we've heard this before, right? Um, and what is the people's response now? Mere verses later, all the people in the synagogue <laughs> who, I'll remind you, moments ago spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. All of them were furious They got up, they drove him out of the town, they took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff, okay? (laughs) You know, that's probably more what my Thanksgiving experience would be like. (laughs) Maybe not. No, my family loves me. They would never throw me off a cliff. Um, But uh, Jesus Jesus gives us um, both experiences that maybe are common to us in sharing the gospel, particularly with those that we love, right? And I think a lot of times we we wish for ourselves that we'd have the opportunity to have that moment of uh, eyes fixed on us and hearts motiv- moved and motivated. Um, but oftentimes we hesitate in fear of the fact that we're going to be hated and carried up to a mountain and tossed off a cliff, Right? But recall, what's the reason that we do this? Is it because we should be accepted? Is it because we should be loved? Is it because we should be well-received? No. It's because the Spirit of the Lord rests on us, right? And when the Spirit of the Lord rests on us, we have to respond. The Spirit of the Lord can't be bottled up, right? That we're called to be a river of life-giving water. And if we receive the Spirit of the Lord— and don't pour him out. It's like it's like a swamp that receives fresh water but never lets it escape. And the swamp becomes nasty and it gets infested with crocodiles and snakes and gross stuff. When's the last time you wanted to go swim in a swamp? <laughs> right? No, no, no. We're we're called don't be as, a swampy Christian. We're called as Christians <laughs> to be rivers of life-giving water, Amen. to be springs of life-giving water that as God pours into us, we respond in pouring out. And what's so interesting about that is Jesus isn't concerned about the response of others. He's concerned about his own actions, right? That Jesus, what is what he is doing is what the Father's asking him to do. So he's not going to man for consolation. He's. It's not like, okay, great, I got the consolation from man I wanted. I got the praise from man that I wanted. Now I'm going to stop. But he's going to. He proclaims what the Father tells him to proclaim, and the reactions of man um, are up to them, right? Yeah. It's not. It, I love the different times where Christ speaks, and people say, "This saying is hard. How can we accept it?" Yeah. And, and I wonder sometimes if we only want the praise of man, man, we may never say the sayings that are hard. Mm. We may be really, really nice all the time, but niceness is not a virtue, right? And, <laughs> and so like they may they may speak well of you at at work if you are simply nice. And they may they their eyes may be fastened on the the nice guy over there. But um, when we start proclaiming the gospel and we start proclaiming the name of Jesus uh, what's going to happen? And and not that we want you to be driven out of your workplace and thrown down the street and 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 cast off of a hill. Luckily, most of us don't have very many cliffs in our neighborhood. Well, um, <laughs> and uh, but if uh, but but the neat thing is our our goal is to be recklessly. Um, in pursuit of the Father's desire for our life and to respond to the anointing of the Holy Spirit that's on us and not to worry about the response of others. I, re- I worry about my response. Spirit, what are you doing in me right now? And what are you calling me to? I can't control the response of others, mm. right? And, uh, and so uh, there's, this, there's this need in our time to be so hungry 
to bring this good news, this tidings of good news, this freedom to the captives, that I would do anything to reach the lost. Mm-hmm. And I, I, as I as I think, Aaron, just the importance uh, of our times right now, that the signs of the times um, are growing darker and darker. And the Lord says that um, you know those who believe will be saved, and those who do not believe will be condemned. Um, That's is, from Mark sixteen. Is the is the fire on us and burning in us yeah. so much that we say, okay, listen. Whether the response is praise or whether the response is rejection, I'm going to share the gospel. Yeah, that's so good. Oh, friends, we've got a show for you today. I hope that you've been encouraged. Dan, as, as we've been talking, I, I keep thinking to myself, man, we talk about evangelization a lot. It's kind of the purpose of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Where encounter meets mission. So I, I hope that you like hearing about evangelization because that's pretty much all we talk about. But it's good because that is our common Christian call. So, friends, we're going to take a short break, and when we return, we've got an amazing guest today. So, you should be so excited to join with us. Um, we've she's she is a treat, and um, I think you're going to be very blessed by the story that she's got to share and the different perspective that she's got to offer on evangelization. So, uh, once again, thank you for joining us for Beyond Damascus. We'll be right back with you after this break. Listeners to Catholic Radio, I think, benefit most, at least initially, from what I call remedial catechesis. What Catholic Radio does is it uh, becomes an echo chamber for the teaching authority of the Catholic Church. And what we're doing is teaching many things which uh, have been neglected over the last 40, 50 years. If you listen to Catholic Radio, you know what the Catholic Church teaches. Al Cresta thinks Catholic Radio is important. So should you. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. We talk to audiences all over the world. One thing I've found out is everybody in the whole world has the same set of questions. They live the same human life. They all want meaning. They all want love. They all want significance. They want forgiveness. That's the most fascinating thing to me. The same answers work wherever you are throughout the world. Call to Communion with Dr. David Anders, Sunday afternoon, 2 Eastern, on EWTN Radio. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. All right, Aaron, so you've been promising everyone that we have a great show. I know. Who is our great guest that we are welcoming I, on the I show today? I assure you I've not overpromised. Okay, so today's guest is amazing. I met Tyrion Leonard at a conference this January, and um, Tyrion reached out to me a couple weeks ago. She has just started an amazing ministry out of her own home, and if friends, if you're anything like me, and you, uh, you know, I no longer get stuck in front of the TV after work, like, um, you know, the, 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 the quintessential American dream. Um, but whenever I pick up my phone and start browsing on YouTube, man, I fall deep, deep into a hole. And sometimes, usually it's very good, but sometimes, <laughs> I don't know, sometimes it can become a little disorienting. These like two minute videos that you're like, wait, what just happened? I've watched 10 but minute videos. in the midst of YouTube are golden opportunities, the likes of which have never been witnessed before wow. in evangelization history. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, you know, we shared last week about a lot of the work, I guess it may not be last week if you're listening um, uh, to the show, but we Shared, we've shared recently about all of the good that's coming out of Damascus here with Damascus Live. And I met Tyrion through her YouTube channel. Um, 
I'm, I'm not going to ruin the whole story, but Tyrion Leonard, welcome to the show. Hey! Uh, Hello, Tyrion. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks so much, Aaron. I'm pretty sure you did overhype me. Oh, it's going to be okay, though. <laughs> maybe, maybe I was just in a rare moment, Tyrion, but when I watched your first show, I laughed out loud, which is, which is something that rarely happens for me. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no, you, you've got a great, you've got a great uh, feel to your show. Why don't you, why don't you just get, uh, plug the show real quick, and then we, can, then we can jump into kind of your story and how it happened. Yeah, absolutely. So essentially, I put out a four to seven minute video every Tuesday. Um, basically, the whole point is to reach people who have, you know, not really thought about Jesus, who don't know Jesus. And I just think about the people in kind of the dark corners of the yeah. world, even in the darkness of their own minds. And like, how does Jesus want to reach them through me? Yeah. And that's kind of the basis for all of my content that I create. Yeah. Wow, that's Pretty amazing, actually. <laughs> and, and the show is called Catho Curious. Catho Curious. And so, if you've ever been yeah, curious about Catholicism, <laughs> now's your time. Watch my channel. <laughs> that's nice. how it. That's how it starts every time. <laughs> now, you're, yeah, uh, for all of our listeners, check out Catho Curious on YouTube. Um, we'll, we'll plug it again at the end of the show. But uh, very funny, very relevant, humorous um, communication of the gospel. And uh, just last week, you did a cooking show. Is that right, Tyrion? I didn't watch it. Oh, the whole thing. Yeah, I but. did. I did a cooking show. <laughs> it was essentially a, a pantry raid of like, I got nothing on hand, so it seems. <laughs> and then uh, cooked from there. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's amazing. I love the 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 idea that uh, just you shared why you started that show. Just thinking about the people in the dark corners of the world and being able to reach them through the internet and just I I don't know if you've ever listeners if you've ever just thought about just the vast number. I mean, just meditate for a moment on just the vastness of the amount of people who are on YouTube or the amount of people that are on Facebook or the amount of people that are on Instagram and just like uh, just having that image of those <laughs> millions of people in your mind of saying like, Lord, I want to reach them. I want to hit them with your gospel, right? That's well, just And powerful. even understanding that you're already reaching them. You're already hitting them with your gospel, right? Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. uh, I, I was I was reflecting the other day, you know, I've, I've we are we're right now we're recording this show at the conclusion of Lent and um, during Lent and the period leading up to it I've been off social media for a while but and I, when I say social media um, I'm very I'm very limited when it comes to my social media expertise. <laughs> yeah, you're not much of a social <laughs> but, media but guy. Occasionally I will jump on Instagram and I'll, I'll like look at my friends' kids and I'll just be so encouraged by uh, sharing life and seeing smiles and seeing. What's what's happening in the lives of my friends and family, and just to know that hey, you know when you post a photo online, that you have the opportunity to actually impact somebody's life, right? The they, scriptures say life and death are in the power of the tongue. How about now? It's life and death are in the power of, of the, the iPhone. Post. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, yeah. Tyrion, we, we we the show is about um, the show's about encounter meets mission, and. Um, I don't. I don't want to jump the gun, right? So let's. I'd love to hear about your story. And sure, yeah, um, absolutely. Your, your work right now is inspiring and should be inspiring to our, our listeners. But I'd love to hear uh, kind of what inspired you and where it is you come from. So give us a little background sure. on yourself. Absolutely. So I think my first really big encounter with Jesus came when I was about um, twenty years old, probably. Okay. Um, and I had started going to a charismatic Catholic church in Ann Arbor here. And um, our priest, our pastor kept saying, you know, speak in tongues. It'll be so good for you. You know, it'll really <laughs> unleash the 
the charismatic. Now, did you have you. any background here in, in the uh, in the charismatic dimension of the church, or was this like your first visit that the pastors? So, so I actually um, grew up with my parents speaking in tongues, but I always thought, you know, oh, this is a little strange. Okay. I don't really know if this is for me. Um, but really, going to the charismatic Catholic Church kind of gave me a, a bigger view. Yeah. Now, like a broader, so, and, a broader look at what the charismatic at, dimension of the Christ church could the King, be. You're at Christ the King up in Ann Arbor, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, absolutely. perfect. And so, I have I've been to Christ the King Church. It's an awesome, awesome church. Uh, just a little background for our listeners, because I know here in the Diocese of Columbus, we don't have any uh, any charismatic Catholic churches per se. All of our churches are are supposed to be living the charismatic dimension of the faith, but in uh, in a number of dioceses throughout. The United States of America, I presume the world, um, bishops have at one point or another identified a particular parish that would become a center where members of the charismatic Catholic community could gather and worship together in community. And that's what Christ the King is, and it's an awesome, amazing place, just to give some context. So go on. Thanks. Yeah. So um, so I sat there in my prayer time one day, again, about 20 years old. And so I sat there and I said, okay, today's the day. I'm going to speak in tongues. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> so I started and I didn't stop for an hour and a half. Yeah, like I was Holy like, Spirit. I physically could not stop my body from speaking in tongues. So I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I actually have to do something about my faith. That was kind of the big thought that came out of this, this experience. Yeah. And, and so I started speaking to my coworkers. So I'm trained in baking and pastry. Um, that's the cooking episode. <laughs> that's great. And so basically, this was the only place that I could evangelize because at church, you know, everybody's on fire there. I love it. So I started talking to my coworkers and it felt like I was throwing seeds in the wind. Mm -hmm. You know, that verse about how, you know, the sower scatters, but it felt like nothing was falling on good ground and yep. I was just kind of speaking into a void. Mm. Um, but I was so on fire at that point that I just kept telling people, about Jesus. And thankfully, one of my coworkers came to, came back to me about, I think it was about five years later, and said, Tyrion, I just want to thank you for what you spoke to me. It led me back to my faith. Wow, that's awesome. And the, imp the impact of that moment was like, I can't stop. Wow, like I can't <laughs> stop. Because even if it's just one, you know, reaching out to the one that is lost, that that like really hit home for me that day. So, um, as I got married, became a wife and a mother, like I, I kind of thought like, oh, okay, well, my evangelization time is up. I'm done. You know, my life had changed so drastically yeah. just on a day-to-day -day basis. I didn't, I didn't see people who, um, you know, weren't of the faith already because mm -hmm. my world is wrapped around these two little girls and a husband. Um, but basically... Uh, one day in prayer, God convicted me that, no, like, you still need to be evangelizing. Yeah. And he said to me, and I'll never forget this. He said, do you want to be my patsy? <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean like, to you? <laughs> what? What? Really? You're patsy. He's like, yeah. Do you want to do some incredibly stupid stuff to spread the gospel? Oh, my gosh. That's great. And I was like, uh, <laughs> uh, I guess. Like, well, once you know the love of Jesus, you can't say no, right? Yeah. So 
here we go. We, we took about a year to pray um, through what we should be doing and how to evangelize. And we essentially decided that like video was the way to go. So I really enjoy acting. Mm-hmm. I love talking to people. I love making jokes. I love writing humor. And my husband is an AV wizard. So basically it came to videos yeah. and we have had um, just like an intense amount of fun, honestly, making them and editing them together, etc. That's awesome! Praise the Lord! I love the uh, I, I love being able to evangelize with my spouse as well. It just brings <laughs> like uh, a, a level of unity um, that you don't always experience in the the normal mundane aspects of life. Yeah, Tyrion, where where did you absolutely what what was the what was the point at which um, because you were sharing with me earlier that you've got a background in uh, theater and um, pastries and pastries. Uh, <laughs> where was the point at which God started to kind of put the puzzle pieces together and let you know that hey, you've got this acting thing, you've got this creative mind, and your you and your husband have this love for technology and production, um, and all of these things can work together for my plan. Yeah, that was, um, honestly, that never occurred to me. This is where the grace of God really comes into your life, right? <laughs> so I start. I started all this buying up the equipment, et cetera, yeah. kind of back in December. In January was a really big writing push. And then February, we launched. And my friend, she said to me, wow, Tyrion, you really picked a great time to start your channel because of, you know, the crisis that hit then in March. And I was like, <laughs> You know, it would be great if I had planned that, but unfortunately, <laughs> I can't take credit. That was all God. You actually caused you know? it, Tyrion. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. That's wild. So the um, I, I love Tyrion, just the, the initial testimony you were sharing, just the power of like um, when the Holy Spirit came upon you, he propelled you to mission mm-hmm. immediately, right? And I think that's like the Spirit mm-hmm. of the Lord is upon me. And when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon us uh, in, a, in a vast variety of ways, uh, right? So like for you, it was <laughs> this hunger welled up inside of you and the Spirit fell upon you in the Spirit and gave you the gift of tongues. And you had this moment where you were just kind of taken up into him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Spirit will fall on all of us in different ways, in a variety of ways, where there's this encounter that we can't deny, right? And I think that's where it mm-hmm. was, where you were just like, his presence is upon me. What must I do? And I, I love that 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 uh, apostolic zeal w- fell on you, just like in Saint, like with St. Paul, right? It wasn't like, hey, the, I had this really powerful moment with like Jesus, and he, he appeared to me in this amazing light, and now I'm just going to go back to my former way of life, right? But it was that question mm-hmm. like, what do I do with this? And that you wrestled with it, and it's changed, and you've had different elements where like at first it was go to work, and then it was like go like uh, minister in this way, and I think a lot of people can probably identify just with that feeling of like when you get married and you, you're like home with the kids, you start asking, well, what, what do I do now? Yeah. Right. It, my life looks different. It's a transition. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And to be honest, I'm completely surprised by God's creativity. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love that. You know, he, he has so many different ways in which we can be missional. There are so many different ways in which you, like as listeners, can be missional. And it's just figuring out what he's calling you to in your particular vocation. Amen. Amen. That's so good. Okay. Well, friends, check out Cathocurious Online. Tyrion, what has been the process, you know, after writing and after launching the channel? Um, 
what's been what's been the process in in your own life? How's your experience been of actually producing content? And maybe some, what's some of the most exciting and uh, encouraging stuff that that you've seen the Lord doing through this, you know, through the production of this content? Sure. Yeah. So I think the most exciting thing is um, all the nasty comments. <laughs> If I'm being real. Hey. I well, love the nasty we, comments. We shared because... about Jesus who was taken to the top of the hill at the beginning of the show. <laughs> yeah, they're, you know, on the internet, they're ready to push me off the cliff there. But um, basically, I love those comments. Like, Satan can't win because that means that I'm I'm scattering those seeds, right? Yeah. And clearly, these people are telling me that, you know, I threw some on bad soil. But it also means that I've thrown some on good soil yeah. if scripture is to be believed, right? So I'm just hopeful that we are actually reaching the audience that we intend to. Yeah. That's a really neat point. What what do you what is offending people, Tyrion? I think the biggest thing that I've seen is how can God be good when so much evil exists? Which is honestly the question we all wrestle with, like how do we see the storm and still believe that God exists? Yeah. Um but I've been able to actually speak to people um, they'll instant message me on my, my page or something like that. And they'll ask, you know, how can God be good and all of this evil exist? So without getting too much into the nuancy theology of things, basically, I just say to them, so that greater good can come out of it, mm-hmm. yeah. which is what we believe as Catholics. You know, there's this funny, when I was a youth minister in a parish, I would always encourage our high schoolers to um, go back to school and to evangelize and to bring their friends to youth group, right? And I noticed after a while, um, because I was hearing from other youth groups like, hey, Dan, you know, um, the kids that were coming to my youth group are now going to your youth group. And I'd be like, oh, I wonder why. Well, yeah, they were invited by this. And then, and it kind of clicked on me like, oh my gosh, all my youth group kids are just inviting the kids from other youth groups to come to our youth group. And because their, their natural (laughs) reaction was, who can I invite to youth group? That's not going to reject me. And so I'll invite them. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, we, and so then I started challenging everyone. I was like, listen, we're not going to invite the people who are just going to say yes. Like what, what's the good in that? Right, like you have to invite the person who is least likely to say yes, um, because God wants to win them for the glory. And mm. I, you know, I'm just thinking if like if your videos only reach those who were like giving you flattering words of praise and consolation, you actually wouldn't be fulfilling your mission. Like the the God has called mm-hmm. you to reach those who are curious about Catholicism, those who are on the fringes. And if you're not getting people who are rejecting it, like every time you get a negative comment, I think that's just the the Lord saying, hey, good job. You reached your mission field. You found like you're actually reaching the lost and your your words, your messages are getting to the lost and you're giving them the opportunity to say yes to Jesus or no to Jesus. And mm-hmm. that's that's the greatest gift you can give a person who's lost to introduce them to Jesus and to give them the free opportunity again in their life to ask, do I want to say yes to this person of love? That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a great point. What, what Tyrion, how is it that you um like when you put your content out there because I think a lot of times when we do evangelization, we um only evangelize the flock that's already kind of evangelized. How do you what right. what's your methodology to get out to those who are on the fringes or those who are lost? Yeah, absolutely. Um so basically it's just relying on past experience. Um, it's thinking about how I talked to my coworkers and the messages that Jesus spoke through me to them. 
um, which were all usually just very simple messages of love and encouragement. So, I mean, I say that this whole thing is the Holy Spirit's idea and he, he's the driver. I'm just sitting in the side seat. Um, so basically I just wait on the Holy Spirit for content and it's sort of a big lesson in trust, honestly, <laughs> because I don't necessarily know week to week what my content is going to be, which to me, I'm a planner. I love planning. So waiting on that content from the Holy Spirit is sort of terrifying. Mm. I, I, um, I definitely sit down and have like my writing sessions and thinking through things, but it's like, I've if, even in my short time so far producing, I think we're producing our 12th video at this time. Um, I've launched, I think nine, um, like even in that short time I've experienced the Holy Spirit just falls on you some days. Like I'll just like, it'll rush upon me and I'll just start writing and writing and writing and writing. And then other weeks I just sit there and sit there and wait. So it really truly is a work of the Holy Spirit. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. How for maybe our listeners who, um, haven't experienced that, uh, to the same degree, how would you describe yourself opening yourself up or how do you prepare your soul or your heart to be docile to the Holy Spirit kind of giving you that spirit of creativity? Absolutely. I think the number thing, number one thing is, um, reading scripture, Mm-hmm. Just because we know we can rely that that is the voice of God, you know? And so once you once you open up your scripture and open your heart to the scripture, the Holy Spirit starts to come in mm-hmm. in other ways as well. I love that. Praise the Lord. So are you, um, are, is this like a, a side project? Is this a full-time thing? Are you a, a, a mom as well? What's What are, what are you juggling? <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm a mom. I have two girls, four and two. Uh, they keep me very busy. Oh, no, four-year-olds <laughs> and, and two-year-olds are very um, calm I, and quiet, the, um, peaceful. It really depends on the week. It depends on the week. So some weeks it's like an hour of filming, 45 minutes of editing, and we're done. Yeah. And some weeks it's an hour of filming and eight hours of editing, <laughs> and then we're done. So it's just really relying on the Holy Spirit to you know, place on my heart the content, but also place place that content in weeks where we're going to have more or less time depending. Yeah. That's great. That's okay. Awesome. I got two final questions for you, Terry. Okay. Sure. So, Shoot. um, number one, I know that, you know, we're not supposed to have favorite children, but if, uh, our listeners want to start with, if they want to check out Kathy curious, what is your favorite episode that you've uh, released so far and what, where, where can they start? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I think my favorite episode is actually called the Go to Sleep Child. <laughs> I, can't, I can't identify just like, with that one. No. What the heck, God? Like, why can't you invent children that sleep? <laughs> I laugh with bags under my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's just, you know, trying to be relatable because there are people from all walks of life watching this. Yeah. And I know that not all of us, you know, are lucky enough to have the magical unicorn children who sleep. So <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's such a natural way to just to encourage like um, that fundamental question that you were asking, like how can there be evil in the world when um, and God still exists? And I think like 
everyone experiences like suffering and difficulty and it's it is a human experience that we can evangelize to anyone on right that like this is a common experience and now i'm going to bring christ into it and uh, i think there's so much power in that that evangelization isn't just me opening my bible and like telling my coworkers about jesus right it's about actually knowing your listener knowing your audience knowing the person that you're you're the heart that you're trying to reach, uh, identifying mm-hmm. with their common experience, and then sharing the good news in that common experience, that suffering, that difficulty. Yep. Yep. So good. Okay. Well, Tyrion, thank you so much for joining us. Listeners. Wait, um, you said two questions. I know. I'm going to end with my last question. Okay. <laughs> okay great. L- listeners, <laughs> listeners, next time you pull out your phone and get on, jump onto YouTube because you've got some time to waste, check out Catho curious, or even if you are curious about the Catholic faith, check out Tyrion's YouTube channel on YouTube. And Tyrion, my final question for you before we jump into our break is this: What would you? What direction? What encouragement would you give to regular moms, dads, sons, daughters, brothers, sisters who may be feeling a particular call to evangelization on their life? but not know where to get started or how to go about it? Um, So my biggest advice would probably be God created you to be who you are. Mm -hmm. You have a uniqueness that can speak to the world. So you don't have to necessarily go out and do something crazy. It just has to be in line with who God created you to be. Mm. Amen to that. I think that's such a good word. Thank you, Jesus. I just, uh, you know, I think, uh, the Lord, he he says, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. And if you don't love yourself and you don't love who God created you to be, you're not going to be able to love your neighbor. And I think a, a lot of times that's where we fall short, right? That like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough to evangelize. I'm not good enough to to make a video. I'm not good enough to my. No one's going to care about my words. And so, mm-hmm. the less you love the person that God made you to be, the less you're able to love your neighbor. But when you live out of a place of love, where you're like, God, you made me so good, and you uh, you, you can do good things mm-hmm. through me, mm-hmm. then you're able to freely love others. And so, the, the self self hatred is a prison of love for others it, it, only other people hurt because of that oh man so many of these uh, so many good reflections today this is this has been an amazing show and Tyrion, we're so blessed to have you here um the the work of evangelization is about letting people know that god sees them and loves them and desires for them and to be in relationship with him and that so many times we are the ones that he's chosen to actually to to be the ones, whether it's in our living room, whether it's from our cell phone, whether it's around the Thanksgiving you know dinner table, to be, it's not even Thanksgiving time. I don't know why I keep going there, but to, <laughs> because we're the ones that, that are that are that are called to carry the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Tyrion, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Your words have been so inspiring, and your work is so inspiring. And and I just I, I pray that the Lord would bless your work. And uh, would continue to bear tremendous fruit, especially in accomplishing that that precise purpose that that you have intended it for to reach the lost and the curious about the Catholic faith. So, um, so thank you for sharing your life and your story with us, and we we wish you well. And we pray that the Lord will bless your work. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna take a short break, and we'll be right back. 
The Wisdom of Mother Angelica. I told him about the woman who came to me and said her two children hadn't spoken to each other for two years. Their grandma died, and she was very wealthy. She left half to each one. She said they're arguing over a commode. She said it's inlaid. Can you imagine being in hell? And somebody saying to you, what are you here for? EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. Now, not only can you watch EWTN anywhere, but anytime with EWTN On Demand. Get on-demand access to more than 12,000 EWTN programs, including live shows and specials, all in one place, all free. Just go to EWTN.com forward slash on demand. There's nothing to fill out, no memberships required, and no fees to pay. All you need is an internet connection, and you're good to go. EWTN On Demand. Fast, easy, and free. And welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Thanks for joining us, carried across the St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Catholic Radio Network. Uh, This has been a great show. Once again, learning about evangelization, Tyrion Leonard's um, message was was really inspiring for for a couple of unique reasons that Dan and I are going to drill down into. Friends, um, check out Tyrion's YouTube channel. It's Cathocurious on YouTube. It's awesome to see regular, everyday Catholics authentically living out a call to evangelization, especially in a world where sometimes it's intimidating just to get into the game. Yeah, I love how she was just like, yeah, I think my favorite part is the negative comments, right? Like, it's just that, like, grit that, like, I'm going to keep going no matter what. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think sometimes we try things and they fail and, and we may give up. And I think there's um, there's a, a, that element of grit that we need in evangelization where, like, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to try different things. I'm going to try different things. I'm going to try different approaches, different methods. And I think that's the new evangelization that the uh, John Paul II speaks of, right, with a new ardor and a new methodology, yep. a new expression. And so sometimes we evangelize and it falls flat, right? So then try something new, right? And uh, one of the things I just want to kind of um, tackle some of the things I saw in Tyrion's discernment process. She said that she um, spent a year kind of praying through and asking the Father, like, what, is, what do you want? And I noticed that, like, she discerned what what her, um, what's her mission field, right? Like, she knew exactly who she was after. And I think sometimes you know, when, we're, when we're trying to figure out how to evangelize, it's just this, like, wild, vast, like, blue ocean, and we don't know what to do with it. There's just, like, no boundaries. And But she knew who her mission field was. She wanted to reach those who were curious about the Catholic Church, those who were on the fringes, right? Yeah. And I think that's really important. It, it's one of the things that um, makes us at Damascus, uh, I would say it keeps us aligned to our mission, is that we know our mission field is primarily um, to middle schoolers and high schoolers, and we won't go outside of that mission field unless we're winning there, right? So um, it would be very easy for us to get scattered all over the place and do, oh, we're going to do this and this and this and this, but we try to stay as focused as possible on thriving on middle school and high school ministry, and then if we add things to the plate, it's because what's there is already kind of healthy and strong. It's so, working well. Yeah. yeah. So ask God, what it, what's your mission field? Who is he sending you to, right? Yeah. And, and that really helps narrow in what God's calling you to. Is it as simple as that, just asking? What do you mean by that? I mean, how do we, how do we figure out our mission field? I think sometimes it's like the the promptings, like what breaks your heart, and that's how you know your mission field. Like, 
Um, the if your heart's really broken over like poverty, well, maybe God's calling you to serve the poor, right? Yeah. If your heart's really broken over those who um, have been abused, maybe God's saying that's your mission field. Yeah. Like because I love when Jesus, uh, a miracle of Jesus is always preceded, not always, but often preceded in the Gospels by the words. His heart was moved with compassion. Yeah. And I think the grace and ministry and the miracle follows that heart that is broken with compassion. Yep. And so if if Tyrion clearly has a passion and compassion for – she has compassion for those who are lost and those who are on the fringes. And because of that, when she gets negative comments, it doesn't beat her up because her heart is already ready to serve that community, right? And so God is going to um, – he's He's given you a unique heart to reach that particular mission field that your heart is compassionate for. Yeah. You know, I have a heart for young people. That's why uh, I, I'm in the ministry I'm in. And when my heart for young people starts to um, to waver, I go back to the Lord. I say, Lord, fill me with more love for the youth, right? Like, allow me to be broken for their brokenness. Allow me to love their potential to see what you want to do in them. Yeah. So just, just, and I think sometimes we, we we get wrapped up because some mission fields uh, appear more glamorous than others. Oh yeah, for sure. Right um, here we are at Damascus serving the young church. Right, but I mean your your mission field. Uh, I, I I am so inspired by particularly because um, seeing the way that my family needs to receive love and to receive ministry. Like I, I'm inspired by those who are ministering to my children. I'm inspired by those who can effectively answer a call to a mission field that actually uh, speaks to, um, you know, kids who are home during the summer or kids who are with dad at a conference, right? Or, um, or moms who are at home with their kids throughout the week or moms and dads who are in the workplace or St. Gabriel Radio, EWTN Radio, you know, uh, parents, uh, adults, high school students who are driving to work or to school, right? That our mission field, it, it's, it's got to be specific to where God's actually directed our heart. Yeah, exactly. And, and don't, don't negate the mission field that's right in front of your eyes. Amen. So your classmates, your coworkers, your, your children, your spouse. So first, discern your mission field. Secondly, discern the channel by which God wants you to evangelize, mm-hmm. right? So is it a small group gathering at your home? Is it um, a YouTube channel? Is it uh, a, a podcast? Is it um, a, a gathering at work and, and a Bible study that happens? So start asking God, like, well, what a, what's the channel by which I can reach? this mission field and what's the most appropriate if your mission field is your neighborhood like your actual neighbors um a a uh, you know, a barbecue in your backyard is probably a good channel to reach them as opposed to a YouTube channel, right? And so your mission field helps you discern your channel by which you're going to bring the good news to them. Amen. I think discerning the channel is really helpful because um, if I don't have intentionality, if I just say, okay, my coworkers are my mission field, well, how am I going to preach the good news to them? How am I going to bring that to them? Having a, a way by which you say, okay, I'm going to do it during the lunch hour and I'm going to do it by inviting a few people to a Bible study or, or having a plan there really helps. And then lastly, discern your natural gifts, right? She, she, Tyrion just gave a great example of how she, um, discerned her gifts and her husband's gifts. And together they realized, you know what? Our gifts complement each other. And, um, 
that's a good thing since they're married, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and, and so their gifts complement one another, and then they're able to, to serve in the kingdom. So by yourself, yeah. you may not be able to do what God's asking you to do. You may actually have to rely on another person. And I think that's one of the reasons Aaron and I have loved working in ministry so long together is because our gifts actually complement one another. And so we're not um, – it's what – I would have never been able to do what I've done in ministry if Aaron didn't do what mm-hmm. he's done in ministry. And likewise. And, and vice versa. So so discern your natural gifts and the natural gifts of those who you're partnered with yeah. in ministry. Yeah, and a lot of times the, the channel and the gifts will be connected. Exactly, right? yeah. If yeah. you're if you're not a good small group facilitator, then perhaps God's not calling you to do a small group. <laughs> and and a lot of times the channel and the gifts and the mission field are connected, right? That, that God, God, believe it or not, God wants us to be successful, right? He wants us to actually bear fruit. And because of that, he's not going to call us into, well, sometimes he will. But he's going to call us into a place where we can thrive, and he's going to give us the grace to thrive there. Amen to that. That's so good, so encouraging. So listeners, I just want to um, just encourage you that if, if this message has, has resonated with you, do something with it. Yeah. Actually carve out time in your life. Um, I, I would encourage you um, to to enter into a season of trial and error. So don't mm. spend um, – Five years waiting for the perfect mission field to be revealed to you, or five years for the perfect evangelization plan. Yeah. Most of the time, um, I I learn how to evangelize by falling on my face and trying something and seeing what works and what doesn't work. Yep. It's it's funny because um, Damascus has started a new channel of evangelization through Damascus Live, and we're going live on YouTube and on Facebook. And one of the ways that we usually minister is to a live audience, right? We're like we're doing ministry at a at a summer camp or at a retreat, and we have an audience that we can see how the Word of God is hitting them, and and we adjust based off of the way they're entering in. Well, you can't measure an audience response when you're doing a live like video production, and so so one of the things we've been adjusting is well, how do we um, come to understand uh, that ministry different? And we've had some success and some failure, and we're learning as we try new things. Yeah. So the moral of the story is learn. As you try new things. Amen to that. I love it. Well, let's close in the prayer, Aaron. Yeah. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus, thank you for the uh, the work that you're doing in Tyrion's life. Um, again, we, we bless everything that you're doing in her, Lord, and we pray that you would amplify her efforts. And Jesus, amplify our efforts. God, place on our hearts a particular mission to which you've called us. Jesus, whether that is friends, whether that's family, whether that's our neighborhood, whether that's our parish, whether that's our workplace. Jesus, place them in our hearts. And God, I pray that you would move us, that you would give us a hunger that their souls could encounter your love. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, fill us with confidence, Lord, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Mm -hmm. Fill us with confidence, Lord, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. You have not deprived me or any of us, Lord, from your Spirit, but you have given us the gift of your Holy Spirit so that we can work in your vineyard. I thank you for that gift, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today, friends. You've been listening to Beyond Damascus, a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and EWTN Radio, and carried across the global EWTN Catholic Radio Network. You can check out our podcast as well, wherever podcasts are found, by taking a look at Beyond Damascus. We've enjoyed today's show, and we hope you have too, and we look forward to joining you again next time. God bless, and have a great day.